0: Okay. All right, guys. Are we ready? Are we ready? Okay. I've got my debt chart up there again. So if you were here last week, you noticed the chart that showed up out of nowhere, although I think I had referenced it a couple times and I had mentioned to you guys that I'd be put it up there. Uh, I'll also understand and I recognize that unless you have binoculars, you are unable to read that number from where you sit. And that's okay, because during the service, we get to walk around and move around. But the point is this. We believe that God has called this church to be debt-free. It is a biblical principle. We are standing on it. We're believing for it. And last week, I read, I mentioned a couple things. One of the things I read was a note, an, an email, part of an email that I sent to our financial board that happened in October of 20. 19 I believe that it was in October of 2019 our debt was at the very top left-hand corner of that number there It was 1.25 million Well, I can tell you that by the time I got my act together and I finally was able to create the chart Even it's just a little over a year later. We've already crossed off four of those little blocks. Amen. Amen each block is worth twenty five thousand dollars so that's over hundred thousand dollars of debt reduction that we've been able to do as a church by your partnership, by your blessing over the, just a little over a year, basically a year, almost a year and a half now. But we are believing now. You probably can't see, but notice from where it is, there's there's a few more blocks to go. There's a few more that you can see, yeah. So we're gonna watch that debt come down in Jesus' name. The current number is at one. I think it's one one. Actually, it was one one four two, but. As of last week, after we talked about it, it actually came down a little bit more than it normally comes down per week. So I'm excited about that. Let me tell you how you can partner with this. One, God has blessed us with an amazing facility, an amazing campus. So the very first thing you can partner with us is prayer praying over this building, praying over this property. Uh, It's 13-some acres. We got 40-some-thousand square feet total, if not more, between the multiple buildings that we have. There's a school that operates, as Micah said, his boys came through this school. Uh, A lot, I would say, not all, but a lot of our kids uh, attend that school. We're currently at 50% of our children that are there, and next year, it'll go over 50% of our kids. We'll have five children at LCA uh, next year. So the school does an amazing job and they utilize this campus uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And of course, uh, we use it as a church as well. So the very first thing you can do to partner with us is prayer. The second thing I would ask you to do is take it to prayer and ask the Lord if this is something you want to participate in above and beyond the tithe. So as a, just as a general rule from the biblical perspective, from a theology, your tithes and offerings are kind of the top line of your offering envelope. Everyone see the offering envelope? Top line, tithes and offerings. We ask that that's, you know, you don't reduce that to give to generations is what's on the second line. Generations is the same as this, which is our debt reduction plan. Uh, We are making some new offering envelopes. It won't say generations on there. It's kind of an old term that we used to use on, you know, bringing down the building debt. So if you see your offering envelope, and it says generations. Say, what's that? It's what I'm talking about. This is it. It's the building fund. It's really reducing the debt. And we believe that God is working. He is working. And he is going to bring this. And the scripture we have is he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. Now, I can imagine this debt getting paid off really quickly. But if he can do it exceedingly abundantly more and above than I could ask or imagine, let's see what the Lord is going to do, amen? And so I just ask that you pray about that, and, you know, if you want to partner with that, that would be great. Here's a scripture that we're standing on, Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. It says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens. He's opening up his good treasure, the heavens, This is out of Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 12. To give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all, here we go with all again, all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Command of the Lord. We're going to be lenders, not borrowers. Like, we got a great relationship with Northwest Bank, but I'm tired of making them rich. Can I get an amen? Amen. Like, Matt's our banker, love Matt, have a great relationship with him, but you know what? We're making him rich, so it's time to get rid of the interest portion of our mortgage and get this thing paid off. The good news is this property is worth, I believe, just short of $4 million the last time we did the assessment. And we owe 1.15 or so. So that means there's equity here, which is great, which is a blessing. And we have to remember that when this building was built, we had mortgaged over $3 million in order to get this building built. So we have been seeing this come down. We want to make it visible because remember what the Bible says in Habakkuk 2? Write the vision so we can run. So the vision's on the wall here for debt freedom And I want to be able to run with this with you guys to take care of this. So we're excited what God's going to do. The lost saved, the sick healed, lives transformed, families thriving. That's the vision of this church. We're excited on what God's going to do. So let's just pray over our offering here this morning and pray over our debt reduction. And I just ask you guys to go pray. What is it? How do you want to participate personally in this? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can stand on it. We thank you, Father, that our cups runneth over. Thank you, Lord, that we are cheerful givers, Father, and that you will lead us and guide us in all things, including, Father God, our finances. Father, we thank you for the seminar that's coming up, Lord, uh, this weekend on Saturday. Lord, I just pray that you will fill that class, Lord, that those who are listening to my voice now who feel a sense and urge that needs to be there, Lord, I just pray that they will go sign up today, that they will be able to do that, Lord, and change their lives. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you're working in finances You are working in our lives in every area. Father, I thank you for these things. In Jesus' precious name, amen? Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things, uh, Brother Paul, welcome home. I mentioned last week that you had uh, said to us, this was right when we ended up taking over the church, provision and harvest. Provision and harvest was the word over this church, and I believe you can, and we were believing for some pretty exciting and some pretty big things, and then he came back to me, like, a couple months later, says, you're believing too small, you're believing too small, and I write these things down, I think I told you, I write these things down, and I know that God has big things in store for this church, and I don't mean big things in the way you're probably thinking big things, you're like, what is he talking about? Well, I believe the Lord will continue to unveil vision as we move forward and as we do things. But I believe that the Lord is not saying a bigger in the sense of building, but a bigger church in the sense of a family a bigger connection, more impact in the community, more groups meeting all across Northwest Pennsylvania. I truly believe God is going to do a multiplication. God is going to do a revival first in our hearts and then in our city and our towns as we approach these final days. And I know that the Lord is working. And I know that he's got big plans and big purposes for this church. Amen? Amen. Well, I, want to have, I have something to share with you guys this morning. I know we've been doing a series in 1 John, uh, but that's not where I'm going. I'm not going back there yet. We will go back to 1 John at some point, but I want you to open up to Galatians 6. Open up to Galatians 6. As you're turning there, last week, man, God was moving. He really was moving last week. And the message I gave last week was that God is no respecter of persons. No respecter of persons. And we talked about that every single one of us will stand before him on judgment day. Every one of us will stand before him. We also talked about that he doesn't see you any differently than anybody else. No matter your skin color, no matter your personality. And we look at other people and we say, oh, but if I could only be like so and so. I'm a guilty at that. Right, We all are in some way. You, if I could only be like, and God's saying, no, I want you to be you. I created you uniquely to be you. Stop trying to be like somebody else. In fact, trying to be like somebody else is telling God, like, yeah, you know, you didn't really do it right with me. Think about that. Like, when we are trying to be like somebody else versus who God has created to be, we're basically saying, God, yeah, you got this one wrong. But he didn't get it wrong, guys. He did not get you wrong. And he loves you and sees you and cares about you and he created you uniquely and perfectly. We said that God doesn't love you any more or any less than anybody else. You're like, what? You mean that like if I do more good works, he'll love me more, right? No. You mean if I screw up, I don't know know which way I should turn with the love you more versus the screw up. I'll stay in the center. I don't want to offend anybody. You know, but if I screwed up again, does he love me less now? No. He loves you and he cares for you. Then we talked about that his promises and his word are as much for you as they are for anybody else. No respecter of persons. You can stand on this word of God as much as anybody else can. And we need to read that word and get that word on the inside and build that faith up. That's how faith comes, by hearing and hearing the word of God so we can stand on that word and believe in faith no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. So here's what I say. If God is no respecter of persons, that's great. But you say, but Pastor Jason, in life it doesn't seem like everyone gets the same outcome. Meaning... We all have different lives, different things happen, and there are tragedies here, and there's other stuff over there, and we begin, at, what, what is going on? I thought God was no respecter of persons. say, but there are some theological things in the Bible that God clearly lays out, and I'm not going to go through all of them, I'm going to touch base on just one of them, but we have to understand that there is a sovereignty portion of God that, to be honest, we can't wrap our heads around. We can try, you can read all the books you want, but there's this component of God who is bigger than we can ever imagine, who transcends time, who's not even in time, has a plan and a purpose, and he's moving and working things together that we don't understand. And we could ask why as much as we ever wanted to ask why, and sometimes we don't get the answer as to why things happened the way that they did. The second thing that changes circumstances in our lives is that we live in a fallen world. There is sin in our own life. There is sin in others' lives. We live in a fallen world. And sometimes bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. This is a fact. This is like, you know, one of the laws of the world that we live in. Just like there's a law of gravity, right? Anybody understand the law of gravity? How many of you understand the law of gravity? How many ever fell, right? Right? How many ever tripped over something and had the law of gravity in full effect? Right? Boom. Down. Right now. What happened? The law of gravity happened. Right? You went right down. So there are laws that happen in this world and in this life that we need to begin to understand. We know that we have an enemy who's on the constant attack. The Bible says we have to resist the devil and he will flee from us. But here's something I want to talk about this morning there's also biblical laws and biblical things at work that we need to understand, and the one I want to talk about this morning is this: a man will reap what he sows. So there, there, are certain circumstances. You know, you may there's things you can do, and there can pray, and all this other stuff. But it's interesting that the Bible clearly states out that a man will reap what he sows, a woman will reap what she sows. A child will reap what they sow. And as I read that, and we're going to re- look at this pastor of scripture, I realized it doesn't say anything about faith in there. You're like, wait, what? No, there's, you don't have to believe this for it to be true. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to be like, well, I'm standing on that word and I, I'm believing that. That's not, that's not, that's not going to be for me. I believe in faith. It says I'm more than a conqueror. So it doesn't matter what I sow. I'll reap the benefits and the blessing of God. Whoop. Nope. Not true. That's not in the word, guys. It's not in the word. Okay, let's read this with me. I'm going to talk about this this morning. Galatians 6. I'm going to start in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Come on. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. What's that word? Whatever. Whatever. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, whatever. How many times have you used that word, like, in a conversation? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Give it the hand, whatever. Right? Like, we, sometimes, I don't know, maybe, I don't usually use that word. That's why it's coming off really funny when we do it. But, you know, some people do the, you know, Whatever. This is what I'm saying. Whatever a man sows, not what he believes in faith. I mean, there's there's faith principles. And I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about we have to have this understanding that whatever we sow, we are going to reap. Whatever we sow. If we sow dissension, we reap dissension. If we sow faith, we reap faith. If we sow love, we reap love. You understand that it's whatever we sow. Whatever it is. And I'm just like, whoa. I'm thinking about taking an inventory of my life. What am I sowing? What am I What are you sowing? What are you sowing? Perfect time, right? It's right everyone's planting stuff. Everyone's planting. What are we sowing? Verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Uh oh. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So, whatever a man reaps, he's going to sow. And there's basically two options of reaping or of sowing. You got to either we're sowing into the flesh or we're sowing into God's kingdom, into the spirit realm. Which one are we sowing on? Verse 9 says, I said, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. If we do not lose heart. I'm going to go through some principles that I have that I kind of are pulling out of this passage here in a minute. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Okay, so here's the revelations that I had from this scripture. Number one, everything starts with a seed. Everything starts with a seed. The tree you see started with a seed. The apple you're eating started with a seed. And as I was praying about this, the Lord said, you know what? What else is a seed? I was like, well, your word's a seed, God. Your word's a seed. And he said, well, what did I say in Genesis 1? He spoke and it happened. 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 Interesting enough, God's word is actually a seed that we have to sow in order to reap what God has. In store for us. Everything starts with a seed plants, animals, people. We don't need to get into the anatomy lessons this morning, the kids are with us. Okay, you all adults, you get it. The kids, talk to your parents about it later if you don't get it. (laughs) That's not in my notes. (laughs) That's not in my notes. It's real. It's real. Everything starts with a seed. Number two, here's what I also see. Nothing happens until a seed is planted. I could hold a bunch of seeds up here all day long. But if I don't sow those seeds somewhere, nothing's going to happen. You could pray all day. Like, come on, guys, pray with me. I got this apple seed right. Come on, let's just start praying and believing that God is going to make an apple right now in Jesus' name. Come on, Jesus, make an apple out of this seed right now. Now, can he do that? Heck yeah, he can do it. Will he do it? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's like, I made apple trees. You go to the apple tree to get the apple. You don't take a seed and then just hopefully one just materializes in your hand. The principle is, the principle is that nothing happens, nothing happens until the seed is planted. planted. So we have to be intentional about planting some seeds, whether it be financial, whether it be relational, whatever it is, we have to be intentional about planting the seeds that God has given us. Number three, seeds reproduce after their own kind. See, Listen to this. Seeds reproduce after their own kind. Back to the apple example. You cannot plant an apple seed in the ground and pray that a pear seed comes up or a pear tree blooms. You can't do it. What you are planting is what you are going to reap. You understand that? So whatever that seed is that God has given you, whatever seed it has whether it's financial or relational or the relationships God has given you in your life, whatever it is, when you are begin to plant that seed, whatever it is that you are planting, that's what's going to come up. This is like this is like, you know, uh not biology 101. I'm not sure what it, what's the plant stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Whatever you all saying. Huh? botany, I don't know, whatever. This is like the laws of botany. Hort- horticulture, is that what you just said? Big words this morning. Hold on tight. It's like we're doing school. We got sex ed, we already passed that test. Uh, we're going into horticulture now. I mean, who knows what's next, right? But this is what, understand this biblical principle. I love when the Bible uses analogies like this, and of course it was an agricultural society, but it's something we can grasp and get a hold of and understand that if I take this seed and I plant it, I am going to get what that seed is. Whatever it is that seed, it'll reproduce after its own kind. The Ackerman kids. Now each one of them is different, each one of them is unique, but they are Ackerman kids. They have been reproduced after their own kind. And we see in each and every one of them there is, you know, characteristics and personalities and traits, and some have Liz's long legs and my long torso, and they're taller. Some people have my short legs and Liz's short torso. And so they're short. And you're like, how could they come? Well, they're still coming from the same kind. Apple trees look different. Ackerman kids look different. But we have to understand that what is, whatever we're planting is what is going to be reproduced. So some of the things that we could be planting, we could be planting love in our lives, in our relationships. We could be planting generosity and kindness when we talk to others. When we're talking to our kids, we can begin to speak to them that they're real people and that God cares for them and we're planting in them because what happens is when we plant it, we will then reap what we have planted on the inside of them. Number four, this is very interesting to me, is we reap more than we sow. We know God's a God of multiplication, but it works in both ways. It works both on the good and on the bad. When we are sowing dissension, when we are sowing disunity, we actually begin to reap that in a multiplicative way manner. Because when I take that one seed and I plant it in the apple seed, how many apples get created? A lot. And then within each apple there's a bunch of seeds. So what this is telling me is is this law of sowing and reaping says I have to be so cognizant of what I'm sowing because guess what? I'm going to be reaping more than what I put in the ground. The good news is, is it works with the Word of God as well. So when we sow the Word of God into our lives, we begin to reap the benefits of the Word of God and the goodness of God and the understanding of God as we sow that into our hearts. So number four was we reap more than we sow. Here's number five. It applies to every area of our life. This law, this biblical law, it's actually a biblical and a natural law in a lot of ways, is it applies to every area of our life. It applies to our relationship with God. It applies to our relationship with our spouses. It applies to our relationship with our kids, with our friends. It applies to our finances. Church, it applies to your finances. It applies to everything in our life. You know, the Lord had, I think I maybe had mentioned this to you guys before. This was a while ago. We were, you know, we had been in prayer. Actually, I think you started it, babe. You were talking about asking the Lord, what is he going to hold me accountable for at the end of my life? Like, when I see, how many want to know when you see Jesus face to face what he's going to ask you? Like, uh, yeah, could can I, can I get that heads up? Like, I would like to know what that is. Well, guess what? Ask him. Ask him. There are some things in the Bible that would be clear. You know, did you know me? Did you love me? Did you, you know, all that stuff. But there, I believe there are specific things he's going to ask you. And they're all biblical. And they're all based in God's word. And they all actually have to do, at least for me, with this principle of sowing and reaping. And so, after, you know, did you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, I believe, and did you love others, I believe the first thing he's going to ask me about is my marriage. That's the first thing that God's going to ask me about. Not about this church. Not about the debt campaign. Not about, did you hire this person or that person? Did you make all the right decisions? No. He's going to ask me about this relationship. And so, guys, if we want this relationship to be strong and we want to reap the benefits of a strong marriage and a strong relationship, guess what you have to sow? You have to sow in words of encouragement. You have to sow in words of love. You have to sow in words of affection and caring. Because you can't say, and guess what? The beautiful thing is you reap more than what you sowed. It doesn't even take that much. It's not like I'm giving you the impossible task this morning. It's actually not that hard. Because we get to reap more than we sow, we just have to start sowing some good things into our relationships. We have to start sowing some good things into finan- financially. We've got this seminar and other stuff that's going on. But it reproduces after its own kind. That's why I talk about this debt thing. If you are really interested about being debt-free, I highly encourage you, to work with this campaign because we reap what we sow. If we are sowing here from a debt perspective, God, that's going to be what we end up reaping on the other end. Amen? So this applies to every area of our lives. My four things, you want to know what they are? You want to know what they are? I believe God's going to ask me, number one, did you do it together? Not with all of you. I mean, I love you all. But it's talking about right here. This is number one. Did you do it together? And so I have to sew into this word from God of doing it together. And you will notice we do things together. Anybody notice that? Like, like you, no, you actually notice it, right? We're actually doing, I believe God's going to ask me that. Did you do it together? Number two for me is did you train up your kids in my word and in their talents? So my investment plan, we're talking about investments today. My investment plan is investing in this marriage, or at least it needs to be, should be. And then investing in my kids in their understanding of who God is and in the talents that God has given them. That's my investment. I'm not talking against a 401k or retirement plan, but God has spoken to me. He's not going to ask me about my 401k. I mean, he might ask you about it. I don't know. I doubt it. But look at what he's talking about. Our spouse, my kids. This is all about people. The sowing and reaping principle is all about people. I know we talk about finance and this other stuff, but it applies so much to people. Number three for me is, did you show others what I've taught you in leadership, in marriage, and in parenting and all this other stuff? Yeah, I kind of have this list. Again, sowing into people. And then my fourth one is, did you give above and beyond all you could ask or imagine? So I love that one. But here's what I know, is I believe the Lord told me that they're in order. First him, and then my wife, and then my kids. And then pouring into others, and then giving. You see, this law of sowing, we have to make sure we understand that we are doing this in the right order in our lives. So what I don't want you all to run out of here and say, well, Pastor Jason told me just to start sowing. So I'm just going to start sowing everywhere. I'm going to take all my money. I'm going to start throwing it at people as they're driving by. I'm going to put cash in front of my mailbox and say, come cash. I'm sowing into you. Come to my house. No, no. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Who has got, well, you don't have to ask him. You can ask yourself, who has God placed in your life, who is right in front of you, look at your spouse and say, I am going to start sowing positive things into our relationship because the word of God says, whatever I sow, I will also reap, and I want our marriage to be strong, so I'm going to begin to sow into that marriage. And I'm going to take the intentionality and begin to sow into my kids the things that I believe God is asking me to in the word of God. Back to verse 8, it says this For he who sows to his flesh of the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Everlasting life. And here's what I, as I was reading this, here's what I believe. Number 6.6, six, almost done. We do not always reap in the same season in which we planted. Mmm. Sit on that for a second. In the laws of nature, this is true. We know you, got, you know you plant in the spring and you harvest in the fall, right? How it typically works. But in the seasons of our life, it is no different. There are seasons where we are sowing, and we are sowing, and we are sowing, and the reaping hasn't happened yet, and you're like, I don't understand why this hasn't happened yet. But what was that next verse that says, don't get weary of doing good, continue to sow. Continue to sow. That wayward child, that prodigal son that has gone away, don't stop praying, don't stop believing, don't stop sowing into that person's life, don't stop sowing because as if it's a principle that you don't always reap in the same season in which you sowed. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap, if we do not lose heart. Oh. You say, well, how am I suppo- supposed to not lose heart? We have to stand on the word of God. And you have to believe that that scripture is true. And if it is true, which it is true, then you got to continue to sow. And continue to sow. You say, well, Pastor Jason, I said two nice things to my wife. And she's still mad at me. Well, it doesn't work that fast. How many of you plant the apple seed and expect to have apples tomorrow? It doesn't work that way. This is a season of time where you have to be, continue to plant and to plant and to plant and to sow and to sow and to sow and to sow and in due time, in God's timing, in his sovereign timing, in timing that we don't always get to understand or we don't always get to know is when we will reap. His timing. We don't always reap in the same season in which we planted. Michael, if you want to come up here and Give me some background music. David asked for background music. What's that? Somebody. Somebody in the Bible. Someone in the Bible asked for background music when they were, like, ready to preach or say something. And What's that? Yeah, I know. And then, like, you know, the Holy Spirit came even more powerful. So look out. This is going to be special. <laughs> so here's what we need to do, guys. So thank you, Pastor Jason, for these six principles. I get it. Every time I look at an apple, I'm going to think of this message. Every time I see a seed, I'm going to remember this message. And that's a good thing. But here's what I want you to remember. What do we do? What do we do? Can I just boil it down to what do we do? The very first thing is we have to sow the seed of salvation in our hearts. You have to know and know and know and know in your knower, deep down, that God loves you, that he cares for you. Because the rest of this stuff is all, I mean, it's great. But you have to get Jesus on the inside. You have to get Jesus on the inside. That seed of Jesus, that salvation seed must be planted in your heart. Because without that, the rest of it is just... Doesn't matter, really. Doesn't matter. The seed of salvation must be planted. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation, is what the Bible says. Not tomorrow, not next week. If you're watching online, today is the day of salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, after the service is over, I want you to like run up here and talk to me. Don't let another day go by, another moment go by, without planting the very first seed that needs planted. This is the seed that needs to be planted. This is the one where it starts from. Then the second thing we have to go do is we have to sow the word of God into our heart. If you remember nothing else, this is what we have to do. We have to do this. Because you see, when we sow this word of God in our heart, it makes all the other examples of sowing and reaping I talked about possible. In your own strength, none of the other stuff is possible. It's just not possible. You can try, you can try, you can try, it's not possible. But when you take this word and you say, Lord, make me good soil, Lord, soften my heart to be a place where the Word of God can be rooted and grounded in my heart. And you say that prayer, and you begin to read the Word of God, be able to memorize the Word of God, and put the Word of God in you. It's like the Word of God just begins to weave and integrate in every other part of your life. Every other part of your life, in your relationships, in your finances, and it makes all of this sowing and reaping actually possible. Because I'm sorry to tell you on your own, if you went home like, I'm just going to start trying this in my best effort, doesn't work. You need the word of God on the inside. And it's like this picture of when that, when the word is planted and that beautiful tree is growing on the inside, it begins to choke out all the other stuff that needs choked out. And you say, but, you know, we're talking about sowing and reaping. Why is it so hard sometimes as God's working in my life? because he wants you whole. He wants you whole. And in order for you to be whole, there's some stuff that has to get rooted out. In order for you to be whole and complete, there's some breaking that he has to go do in our lives. So bow your heads with me this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning or to jump up and down or to do anything, I just want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that you guys will remember this biblical principle of sowing and reaping. But more importantly, that we are intentional about sowing the Word of God more and more into our heart. For out of the abundance of that, it makes everything else possible to go do with Jesus. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. Father, we thank you that you are moving and working in our lives. Father, I ask this morning that you would soften our hearts. Soften our hearts. Everyone who is listening today, Father, I ask that you would soften our hearts, that we would be intentional about planting your word on the inside of us. For it is life for those who find it. Health to our bones. But more importantly, it also gives us the strength, as your word says, to do the things you've called us to go do. So Father, I ask this morning that you would strengthen us with your word. That we would begin to sow Your word back into our marriage, into our children, into our relationships, into our businesses, into every area of our life. Father, we thank you for it in your precious name, we pray. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, we're going to close service here. We've got some prayer teams that are coming up. They're going to be able to pray with you. If you need anything, prayer for anything at all, they will be up here. As a reminder, if you're interested in that financial seminar, I highly suggest that you sign up. Again, it's on the back table, and then Micah will be available in the lobby uh, to be able to go speak to him as well. And with that, babe, you want to come up? i to close. He's going to ask me if we did it together, so you know we've got to do it together. <laughs>
1: Three things. Sowing is hard. Mm. Sowing is hard. You know, it's hard. It's rainy. You got to dig up the dirt. I mean, it's hard. I'm not a gardener. And there's a reason. It's because it's hard. And I can just go to the grocery store and buy the fruit. (laughs) Sowing is hard. Um, And he's with us. He knows Mm. that. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. And um, this whole, well, you reap what you sow. Don't Mm. do that. Mm. Don't do that. Okay? Just don't do it. I'm not going to take the time to tell you why. You know why. Just don't do it. It's not nice. Well, kid, sorry you reap (laughs) what you sow. That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. It's just not. So let's just not do that. The word is the perfect seed. You say you got to sow the word of God. It's the perfect seed. It's the perfect seed. And whole is the goal. Amen. Whole is the goal. Lord, why,
0: why have you
1: forsaken me? Why am I suffering? (laughs) Why am I suffering? Because whole is the goal, girl. Whole is the goal. goal. He is drawing us into wholeness, Mm -hmm. into the fullness of him, where we can be healed, whole, free, Mm -hmm. and where we can be his hands and his feet and draw others into the wholeness of who he is. So, sowing is hard, Amen. but whole is the goal. Whole is
0: the goal. Whole I like is the that. goal. The Word is the perfect seed. It's good. Yeah. It is the perfect seed. Yeah. Amen. Let me just read, read this benediction over you guys. Just receive this this morning. It's out of Philippians 1. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere, and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen? Amen. Well, we'll see you guys tonight. we got Paul's group. Make sure you sign up for the financial seminar. And youth, don't forget, pizza. Pizza. See you guys next week.